talk to you tonight about things that can be shaken, things that cannot be shaken, and the one who is unshakable, and his name is Jesus. Um, let's pray real quick. Lord, we are here for you. Holy Spirit, I echo what um, Nate said, come, come in greater measure, do what you want to do, say what you want to say, in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so what I want you to do is get your Bibles out, whether it's paper, I feel a little loud, am I loud? No? Okay, never mind, AJ. Um, get your paper Bibles out, get, a, get a, a phone out, and turn to Haggai, yes, I said Haggai. Some people say Haggai, but I don't see an extra I there. So I say Haggai. Um, so it may take you a minute. I know, that's okay. Haggai. While you're there, while you're turning there, you don't have to turn to Hebrews because it's going to be on the screens because um, Mafo is amazing. Come on, Mafo. Um, here it comes. Hebrews. There it is. Okay. This is Hebrews twelve twenty six. Through 29. It says, At that time, his voice shook the earth. The time it's talking about is Exodus 19, when God shook, literally shook Mount Sinai. His presence had fallen onto the mountain and it shook. The earth shook. But now he has promised, Yet once more I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. That is a quote from Haggai, the only time he's quoted in the New Testament. This phrase, I love that the Hebrews writer just goes ahead and explains it for us, right? We don't have to figure it out. This phrase, yet once more, indicates the removal of things that are shaken, that is, things that have been made, earthly things, in order that the things that cannot be shaken may remain. The things of God, the kingdom of God, can remain, may remain. Therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, and thus let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. I'm going to get to this verse, okay? Um, and I want to do that through Haggai. So, everybody find Haggai? You good? Okay. Well, I have a cheat. I have this little thing here. So, all right. So, Haggai. That verse was quoting Haggai. He's kind of an obscure prophet, not talked about a lot. He was known as the festal prophet because he was born in the time of a Jewish festival. But this is, so we're transporting back to 583 B.C. This is before Jesus. This is a prophet of the New Testament. And this is after um, Nebuchadnezzar, a really bad dude, had just like destroyed Solomon's temple. Okay, so after that, these Jews, 50,000 of them, had been taken back out of Babylon and, and given the opportunity to live back in their homeland. So now we have these 50,000 Jews. They're living in their homeland once again. And Haggai and Zerubbabel, a guy named Zerubbabel, is leading the charge in rebuilding the temple that had been destroyed. Okay, you got it? A little history there. Who likes history? I love history. So... Zerubbabel, I want to point out that it's special that he is the bloodline of Jesus. So he is the, he's in the Davidic line, which means he came and basically reestablished David's throne, and we wouldn't see that again till the Messiah, till Jesus came. Really cool stuff. So Zerubbabel was in charge of rebuilding this temple. Okay, so here we go. Let's go on a journey. You ready? We're going to read Haggai. Um, I'm going to skip through a little bit, so I'll tell you the verse when I do. 
But um, we, we get to where Haggai is speaking uh, to the Jewish people, to Zerubbabel, to Joshua, who was the high priest. Verse 2, thus says the Lord of hosts, these people say it's, the time has not yet come to rebuild the house of the Lord. So they're saying, no, nah, we're good, actually. Right now, I don't think it's time. The Jewish people are saying this. Where it's not time to rebuild the temple. But these people say that. Then, verse 3, the word of the Lord came by the hand of Haggai the prophet. Is it a time for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses while this house lies in ruin? In other words, you're building and you're living in your own houses, but my house is over there in ruins. What are you doing? Like, I want you to rebuild my temple. Now, therefore, thus says the Lord, consider your ways. And I feel like that's what the Lord is telling us tonight through this passage is consider your ways. Consider your ways. I'll get there. You have so, sown much and harvested little. You eat, but you never have enough. You drink, but you never have your fill. You clothe yourselves, but no one is warm. And he who earns wages does, not, uh, does so put, to put them into a bag with holes. So he's saying, consider your ways. You're leaning on your own understanding. You're building your own houses, and you're ignoring my house that's in shambles. Does this sound familiar a little bit? So you're, you're leaving that over there, and you're, you're not receiving my blessing. Because my house is in ruins, but you're living in your own nice houses, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. I'm, I'm not saying that. But he's saying, like, like I want you to, to, to turn a little bit and look at my house. It needs to be built. Thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Again, go up the hills and bring wood and build the house that I may take pleasure in it, that I may be glorified, says the Lord. So he's saying, I want you to build this temple so that I can be glorified. You looked for much, and behold, it came to little. And when you brought it home, it blew away. Why? Why are the things of earth that can be shaken being blown away? Why is it that all these things are unstable in the world? He says, because my house that lies in ruins while each of you busies himself with his own house. And I love the way he says that. Like, are we too busy for God? I just, he, he's, he's re, he's turning us. And he's saying, I want you to focus on the things that are unshakable. These things are shakable, but my kingdom, mm -mm, not going to move, okay? Therefore, did I skip something? No. Therefore, the heavens above you have withheld the dew, and the earth has withheld its produce. We'll skip down verse 12. Then Zerubbabel, remember, bloodline of Jesus, and Joshua, the high priest, with all the remnant of the people. And I love, uh, Tim said something about a remnant of people. By the way, there's a river in here tonight of, like, everyone saying stuff that's so, like, correlating um, it's really cool. The Lord is, is loving this. So the Zerubbabel, not me, he's, you know what I'm saying. Um, the high priest with all the remnant of the people obeyed the voice of the Lord. So what changed? They're like, you know what, Haggai, you're right. This isn't great. We haven't been rebuilding the temple. You're right, let's try it. Let's see if, if you're right. Let's see. So they obeyed the voice of the Lord their God and the words of Haggai the prophet as the Lord their God has sent him. And the people feared the Lord. Jose said something about fearing the Lord. And whenever I used to read the words fear of the Lord, I'd be like, man, I don't like that. Like, I'm going to skip over that because why are we scared of God? That's not what it means. The fear of the Lord is a reverence unto him. It's an awe and saying, God, you're so big. You're bigger than all this. It's a reverence to him saying, you're the God of the universe. And I love that the psalmist says that the ones who fear the Lord are the friends of God. It's such a beautiful picture of the Father. He says, yeah, fear the Lord, be in reverence of me, and at the same time, you're my friend. So it's this beautiful picture of the Father. 
who is your friend. He's closer than a brother, but he's also your God. It's a beautiful picture of the Father. I love it. Then, the, uh, then Haggai, the messenger of the Lord, spoke to the people with the Lord's message, I am with you. What happened when they obeyed him? He came. I'm with you. Declares the Lord. And the Lord stirred up the spirit, ooh, stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel, or you could say the spirit of Jesus, shadow and type, and the son, uh, we're not going to say his name, Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and the spirit of Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, and the high priest, and the spirit of all the remnant of the people. So all the people's spirits, they were all conjoining together and being lifted up. Our spirits are good, and they came and worked on the house of the Lord of the host, their God. Amen. Verse, I mean, chapter 2, this, I'm almost done. This is the good part. In the seventh month of the 21st day of the month, the word of the Lord came by the hand of Haggai the prophet. So once again, the Lord is speaking, speaking now to Zerubbabel, to Judah, to the people, and say, who is left among you who saw this house in its former glory? Talking about Solomon's temple. Who here saw it? It was good, right? But nothing's going to compare to the one to come. That's what he's saying. How do you see it now? Is it not as nothing in your eyes? Solomon's temple was gorgeous. It was amazing. Wasn't it like plated with gold? Like, I mean, it was, it was incredible. But he's saying it's nothing in your eyes now because of what, what's about to be built. And then he says, be strong, all you people of the land, declares the Lord. Work, for I am with you, declares the Lord of hosts. According to the covenant that I made with you when you came out of Egypt, he's saying, I promised you something, remember? You're my people, and I will never leave you. Fear not, says the Lord. Yet once more, oh, here we go. Hold on, I've skipped something. My spirit remains in your midst. He says, now that you've built this thing, my spirit's going to remain in your midst. Fear not, for thus is the Lord of hosts. Yet once more, and this is where Hebrews quotes, in a little while, I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land, and I will shake all the nations so that the treasures of all nations shall come in. I can just feel Haggai's spirit just like bubbling up in this moment. Like, I know I'm talking about something really great, and I really don't know exactly what it is, but it's amazing. The treasure of all nations shall come in. Who's the treasure of all nations? It's Jesus. Jesus is the treasure of all nations, and I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord of hosts. So what was really happening here, in my opinion, is that they were building this physical house, but it was a prophecy of what, would to come, what was to come. That Jesus would come, and he would even say, he would confuse people and say, I'm going to rebuild the temple in three days. And they're like, what are you talking about? And what he was talking about was the resurrection of his body. He became the temple that was filled with the glory of God. Woo, that's good. Okay. So why am I telling you all this? <laughs> and I love that. Who was it that was talking about the glory of God filling? Uh, no, no, the fullness of God is in Jesus. It was in the prayer service. It was uh, Olivia, right? Yeah, it's so good. Hebrews 1 says, He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. That's why we have reverence for him. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. That's the one we're talking about. That's Jesus. So what am I saying? I'm saying consider your ways. Consider your ways, COG. Are we busy building our own earthly kingdom, or are we living to build the kingdom of God? It's time to rebuild this temple, this one, 
your body and offer it as a living sacrifice acceptable to God. This is Romans 12, which is your spiritual service of worship. This is worship. How do you do it? He continues, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Don't follow the world. Don't follow the shakable things, but instead be transformed by the renewing of your mind. When Then you will be able to test and approve that what God's will is. Then you'll see the things that are unshakable, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Now listen, renewing your mind, this is, this is what this is, is renewing your mind to the things of God and looking to the unshakable kingdom. And, and you want to, uh, here's a secret, a good place to start is right here. It's the word of God. Hebrews 4.12 says, for the word of God is living and active. I think Pastor Nate just quoted this. Somebody did. Um, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. So a big part of renewing your mind to the things of God is aligning your thoughts with his word. It's time for the people of God to get back to the word of God. It's paramount, listen, to live a presence of Jesus-centered life by inviting the Holy Spirit to guide you in your life and meditating on Jesus himself. John 1 says that he is the word by way of the scripture. This is spirit and truth working in unison that produces a life to the full. So if you're wondering, how do I live a life to the full? It's a life that's in spirit and truth. In his book, Strengthen Yourself in the Lord, Bill Johnson says this. I've got a quote because I want you to see this. You got that, Mafo? You got it. Here, here it comes. Boom. Your faith grows as your heart, led by the Holy Spirit, perceives and understands the invisible realm of spiritual reality. This is the unshakable place. The unseen realm governs the visible realm and brings your mind and will into an agreement with the reality of the kingdom. In essence, what I have just described to you is the process of renewing your mind. How practical is that? So good. I love the way that Paul says it in Colossians 3. There's a lot of scripture. You ready? Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above and not on earthly things. Matthew 6 says, don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself. You know why? Because Jesus holds tomorrow. Don't worry about open doors and closed doors. Instead, run through the door. His name is Jesus. He is the gate to eternity, John 10, and he's the gate to every spiritual blessing, Ephesians 1. So if you're looking for a door to walk through, walk through Jesus. Now, here's the thing. We're all going to go through trials, right? We're all going to face the shakings. But James, who uh, Pastor Nate was Quoting earlier, he says, consider it pure joy. What? My brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Y'all know this. You can't know the faithfulness of God until you go through a shaking. But because you know God is faithful, you won't be shaken. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, I think people stop there. Let's, let's read on. But when you ask, 
you must believe and not doubt. Because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. That's harsh, but what is he saying? He's saying the person who relies on his own understanding and puts their faith in their own kingdom and just adds a little dab of Jesus to their life is double-minded and will be tossed by the wind. Jesus can't be an addition. He has to be everything. That's what Pastor Nate was, Pastor Nate was saying. He has to be everything. That's the heartbeat of this house. Jesus is everything. Proverbs 3 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Does it say part of your heart? All your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight. Proverbs 18 says, God is my strong tower. I run into him and I am safe. Paul says in 2 Corinthians that for the sake of Christ, then I am content with weakness. Oh, here we go again, Paul. You're content in your weakness, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. Yeah, why? Because for when I am weak, then I am strong. It's when we are weak that we see the true power of Jesus in our life. Zechariah uh, told our man Zerubbabel that it's not by might, not by power, but what? By the Spirit, says the Lord. So what's the step? Wow, I'm really good on time. We got time. Romans 8. Shelby, you watching? My wife is in India. I, I need to honor my wife real quick. Y'all give it up for my wife. She's on the phone right there. She's on Justin's phone. My wife is in India um, serving the Lord. I am the most blessed man alive to be married to the most amazing human. <laughs> she, she doesn't cry. We're a match made in heaven. She doesn't cry. Uh, Romans 8 is her favorite passage because it talks about a people rising up, what she's doing. Just a second. <laughs> Romans 8 talks about a yearning in the earth. The earth is crying out for a people of God, for the remnant to rise up and be the sons and daughters that you're called to be. That's a step. Rise up. Get off the bench. Go back to Hebrews. Y'all didn't turn there. It's okay. Um, Mafo's got me. So let's cap it. Let's recap. This phrase, this is um, 1227. This phrase, yet once more, indicates the removal of things that are shaken, that is, things that have been made, in order that the things that cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, and thus let's offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe, with the fear of the Lord, for our God is a consuming fire. I believe that the acceptable worship is your yes. It's a call 
for you to invite God to be the all-consuming fire and burn the things up that are caused by the shakable things. Burn up my fear, my anxiety, my pride. Burn it up, God. I don't want it. It's a call to purity, repentance, and consecration. And these sound like religious words, but all it means is a turning away from the old and looking to the unshakable kingdom and the unshakable one. Justin Allen puts it this way in his um, book, uh, Confessions of a Young Prophet. He says, it's a daily death to yourself and a daily resurrection in Jesus. A lot of people stop it. It's a daily death, and, and we think we just get the other part. A lot of people like, need to hear it. It's a daily resurrection in Jesus to overcome the things that you are incapable to overcome on your own. So I want to read the words of Jesus himself to kind of bring it all together. I was reading John 16, and in verse 33, Jesus says this, and it's so, it's so good because he says, hear these words. Uh, I'm sorry, that's my notes. I've told you, he says, but I want you to hear these words. It has a stamp on this word today. So, so this is Jesus speaking to you. You ready? I've told you all this so that trusting me, you will be unshakable and assured, deeply at peace. In this world, you will continue to experience difficulties, but take heart. I've conquered the world. He's unshakable, guys, and he wants you to come into relationship with him. And if you're in a relationship, come closer. You can never get close enough to Jesus, ever. Don't, don't stop pursuing him, ever. Galatians says that we have been grafted into God's family that we're not just citizens, we are citizens of heaven, but we're royalty in the kingdom of God. We're seated in heavenly places with him so that when shaking comes, you can say, I know the unshakable one, and he is my foundation. Will you stand with me? Um, I feel like there's three kinds of people in the room today. One of them is, I'm good. My life is perfect. I never face any trials ever, and I'm good. I don't think that person's in here. I don't think they are. I think there's two types of people. There's one that says, Jesus sounds great, and I don't know him, and I want to. There's one. And the other person is, Jesus is amazing, I love him, I know him, and I want more. So prayer team, will you come forward? Um, yeah. That's good. Gabe and Melanie, will you come? Um, so uh, I want you to bow your heads with me and let's pray. Um, every, every eye closed. And um, if you want to accept Jesus today for the first time, there is an invitation for that right now. He's calling you. There's a door, and it's open. So if that's you, if you want to accept Jesus... For the first time today, would you just slip up your hand? No one's watching. No one's looking. Slip up your hand. Amen. Okay. 
We're going to pray this together as a family, okay? Everybody out loud, let's pray together. Pray, uh, repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I believe that you are real. And I believe that you died a bloody death on the cross to save me. I believe you washed my sins away with your blood. And I accept you today. I accept what you did. I know that you have washed me clean. Now, Jesus, come live inside of me. Live in my heart. In my inner being. I accept you today. I make you my Lord. My Savior. And I know you're my friend. Now help me on this journey. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, give it up for those who said that prayer. Come on. Got new family members. It's the greatest decision you'll ever make.